The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are coming to you live from my house, like everybody else, right? I know it's it's now it's become the new normal, right? It's a, like we're sick of looking at people's backgrounds. Um, and I, can I talk to you just a little bit about some of the things in my background? I don't know if you guys know, but my husband um, for a while was the voice of Sub Zero in the video games. That we are not obsessed with Sub Zero. That's why it was a paying gig. So um, that is why. And this room uh, is, is a room that mostly houses um, craft projects and my dog during the day when we are not here. So uh, we call it the creative room, but it's mostly where the dog hangs out. Uh, and man, am I glad that we had a room where the dog hang, 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 hung out, hangs out uh, so that we would have a place for me to set up a, a mini studio. And at some point, we're going to take a picture so you can see how what this looks like, because that's what I always want to see. Like when Tom Hanks was doing Saturday Night Live, I was like, I want to see what it looks like, you know, with what what equipment do they have? Isn't it fascinating to watch the different people and because they're all doing their own makeup. Everybody has been leveled. Jimmy Fallon, you know, Bill Maher. Uh, all of those people have now been leveled. We're all on the same playing field. I, I, it's very bizarre, right? But I'm grateful that I'm here and I'm grateful that I have Traven who helps with the technical stuff from a distance. Thank you so much, Traven. Your, your, uh, your assistance is vital and appreciated. So anyway, I'm Shannon Penrod and, um, we are just keeping on keeping on here at Autism Live. We got a big show for you today. We got a big week for you today, this week. Um, covering autism from a 360 degree perspective, we are welcoming the larger autism community. That's everybody who, first of all, is on the autism spectrum. We welcome everyone. And we hope that we have something for you um, and, a, and a forum in which you can uh, talk about the things that you want to talk about. We'll talk about that more in a second. But we also welcome everyone who loves someone on the autism spectrum. And you know, that's a big community. The uh, people who are on the spectrum is a big community, but even bigger are all the people who love all the people on the autism spectrum. And we wanna help all of you to get to the help, the resources and the employment and the opportunities and the dignity and the respect that everyone deserves. So um, wanna say big hello. And uh, <laughs> somebody says, uh, morning, Shannon. And it is cool watching the TV shows trying to produce content still from home. Isn't it? Isn't it just a little bizarre? Um, I, I was fascinated a little bit by Saturday Night Live. I, I, the last three weeks, I've been thinking, Howard, clearly they're not just going to lay down and go, we're done. 
So how are they going to do this? And um, it was an interesting show, let us say that. And um, I'll be interested to see as they get better at it, right? Because we're all on a learning curve. And um, it is, you know, we've, we've always referred to ourselves as the little show that could, and now we're the little show that could before anybody else did. We, we were like the first ones to go live from my house. I'm, I'm claiming that and sticking that flag um, in, in this COVID-19 uh, scape and saying that we, we did it first, which is not to say that we're doing it better, but we're, we're just trying to keep on keeping on. That's the thing, right? So, uh, hey, Traven, why don't we show everybody how, the many different ways that they can be watching the show and keeping in mind that there are two columns on our, on our sheet of ways that you can watch the show. And one column is live and the other is recorded although there is some crossover, right? You can be watching us on YouTube, on um, Twitter. We're live on Twitter, Periscope, and of course, Facebook. Um, we're also live on our homepage, which is autism-live.com. But now on the other column, and Trayvon's getting that for you. Thank you so much, Trayvon. Uh, on the other column, you can be watching us recorded on iTunes, on Spotify, on our iHeartRadio, or on Deezer. And of course, as I said, autism-live.com is our homepage, and we hope that you'll check out all the myriads of things that there are to do on that page. We're, we're devoted here to um, be a place where you can come and bring whatever, whatever you've got, right? Whether you are just having an easy time of it, which heaven knows, I don't know who that is right now, or, you know, if, you, if you've got a question, a comment, um, you just need to feel like you're not alone. That's, we're here for you. Okay. And we've got a big show for you today. But, you know, I like to give a couple of disclaimers at the start of the show. We have some great experts today on the show. I am not one of them. Please don't confuse me. Hello, Sapphire. Please do not confuse me with the experts. I am a very proud mom, a former teacher, and someone who cares about you getting access to the things that you need access to. Uh, so good morning to you too, Sapphire. So um, somebody says, as a content, content creator, I love to see what they're coming up with. Some shows are being so creative. I know. Like write it in and tell us who you think is doing it well so I can study them and see what it is that they're doing well, right? Uh, and tell us what you'd like to see more of here. Like I... I always feel like I want to, you know, create something that's a little bit more fun. Like on Friday, we showed the, if you missed it, on Friday, we showed the video of me uh, doing puppets uh, <laughs> for Dr. Dorian Grampichet. Yes, I cracked out the puppets. Um, but if all that's a little too silly for you, write in and tell us. So, uh, you know, we, we want to know, do you, do you want some humor mixed in with stuff? Do you want us to get silly? Or are you really want to focus on the serious stuff? Because heaven knows, there's enough of both, right? In any case, uh, the other thing that we really like to do at the start of the show on Monday is we like to bring you the jargon of the day. <laughs> this is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are those experts talking about? What do these terms mean? Why are they important? Why would we even care? Why do we have to? Why do we have to? learn uh, what these things mean. So today's term is OT. Do you remember a day when you didn't know what OT meant and that somebody said to you, oh, well, are you getting OT? Did you talk to the OT? 
I, I can remember going, what in the heck is this OT that everybody is talking about? And then when somebody told me, I was like, what has this got to do with my three-year-old? So let's take a look and you'll see it all makes sense, right? Uh, so let's take a look at our actual definition. Our actual definition is an occupational therapist. Okay, um, well, that's fine. But again, I was like, my child is about to be three. Why does he need an OT? He doesn't have an occupation yet, right? <clears throat> so let's take a look at our working definition to figure out why this term is important on the autism spectrum. OT is a health professional whose goal is to help people achieve independence, meaning, and satisfaction in all aspects of their life. That is literally what they do. So there's nothing really off the table for an OT, right? Because for instance, they can work on helping someone to be able to have the skill to be able to cook their own dinner. That's something that they could do, right? They can also help someone to be able to write their name. They can help someone to build the hand skills to be able um, to write their own name. So amazing um, all the things that an OT can do. And you'll see that this is going to make great sense with who our guests are today. So let's move on to our question of the day. You ready? <laughs> our question of the day is, what helps you stay calm during COVID-19? What are the things that calm your nerves and help you to uh, be able to do the things that you have to do? I gotta say, there's a couple of things that are helping me to keep calm. One of them is that I regularly every day take um, magnesium and just a little bit of that magnesium every day helps me to keep the lid on, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know why, but you know, I discovered that years ago, I am somebody who worries a lot and has been diagnosed before with a panic disorder. And I don't take any, I take a lot of medicines for blood pressure and and other things, um, but I don't take any um, mood affecting, you know, I don't, I don't take a, one of those MIA uptake inhibitor, I don't know what all those things are, I don't take any of those, but I find that a little bit of magnesium, a very little bit of magnesium every day helps me, um, helps my nerves, I don't know why. What helps you to stay calm during COVID-19? So write in and tell us, you can write on Facebook and on YouTube and all those other places. So, um, we always have a topic of the week and our topic this week. I don't know about all of you, but I'm feeling it. Running a marathon, not a sprint. Okay. In the beginning, we thought that this going home and staying home was going to be a sprint. We just have to do, you know, a couple of weeks. It's no big deal. Now a couple of weeks is turning into a couple of months. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And I don't know about all of you, but I have felt the shift in the last week and been like, okay, so if we're going to be home for this extended period of time, what do we have to do? What do we have to change? What has to happen? We started out, you know, saying we got to have routines that make sense that help us to get through this. But I don't know, in the last week for me, it was like, okay, the routines have to change a little bit because if we're going to do this long term, then we got to do this a little bit differently, right? Okay, so onward and upward. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Amazing, amazing guests. Um, we have, <laughs> it's, it looks stretched, uh, stretch. We're going to stretch Bonnie Yates out, uh, for your, your rights. And then a little bit, and she's going to answer some of your questions. And then a little bit later on in the program, we, um, are going to be welcoming, welcoming Kara Kaczynski, 
the pocket OT. So that's why we wanted to talk about OT. So Traven, we have talked about before if we needed to take a commercial break and that we have not done that, but I'm gonna tell you in a minute, I'm going to need to take a commercial break. We've not done that in all the weeks. So Traven, I want you to locate something. You know what I would love for you to show if you still have it? Uh, I would love for you to show the video that we showed with Danny Bowman and how she was asking um, folks to prepare for COVID-19 and what they would do for that. If you can locate that. If not, I'm willing to show the, the video again of the puppets with Dr. Doreen Grampuche, but we need to take a little bit of a commercial break, for which I apologize to those of you. It's live. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so Traven, tell me when you're ready to roll something of that nature, because I will be deeply appreciative. Because uh, I'm, I have uh, an issue here at the house that I, I have, like you know, got to take care of. So there is that. But in the meantime, I want for you guys to be writing in and telling us the kinds of things that you would like to hear us talk about on the show. Things that you would be interested in, you know, guests that you would be interested in having on the show. Because I see that there are many of you that are here with us this morning and thrilled that you guys are here. So uh, write in and tell us right now. Trayvon, how are we doing with that? <laughs> this is very last minute. I'm like, Trayvon, I need to take a commercial break. Uh, how are we doing? He's looking for it. He's locating something. Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall at Trayvon's house as he's running around, uh, not running around, running around his computer, finding something so that uh, I could take a break. Uh, we're going to go to the puppets. And so we're going to show you what I showed on Friday afternoon with Dr. Graham Pichet. So as soon as you've got that, Traven, let's take a look. Let's roll the puppets. I'm giving away the surprise, by the way. This is me and two guests, two wonderful guests. Um, are we ready? Mr. Traven. Uh, I'm going to fill more time here until he gets the puppets up and running. Uh, but then when we come back, we're going to be back uh, with Bonnie Yates. It should be about time for Bonnie at that point. And you guys can be writing in your questions for Bonnie, for special education attorney Bonnie Yates. And if you don't know the pocket OT, Kara Kaczynski, man, are you just going to love her? She's fabulous. A mom. Um, oh, we got puppets. Okay. See you in a few. Thank you all so much for being here for, with us for this very... Excuse me, Shannon. Uh, uh, hello, uh, yes. Excuse me, I, I, I have something very important that I would like to say today. Is that okay? Oh, well, sure, why not? There's a woman I know, and she's really quite a hero. There's a woman I know, and she inspires me each day. She made a choice when she was really young to help people on the autism spectrum. There's a woman I know and her name is Dr. Doreen Grand Pichet. Wow, that was really, um, excuse me, um, yes. Shannon. Yeah. You know, I, I have something that I would like to say too. Oh, okay uh, then. <laughs> there's a woman I know, and she's really quite a visionary. There's a woman I know, 
and she fills us with hope each day. She taught us all how to make a difference and how to make the world a better place. There's a hero I know and her name is Dr. Doreen Grand Pichet. Wow, you guys, that was really lovely. Happy birthday, Dr. Doreen. Just know that we all love you and thank you from all the staff and the clinicians and the families and the kids. There's a hero we know and her name is Dr. Doreen Grand Pichet. Yes, we got the general idea. Thank you. Happy birthday, Dr. There's a hero we know and her name is Dr. Doreen Grand Pichet. Yes. You Happy birthday. <laughs> yes, that's what we're trying to say is Happy birthday, Dr. Grand Pichet from all of us. Thank you for all that you do and all that you are and thank you for teaching us to be card strong we love you happy birthday <laughs> and there we have it uh so that was what we did on friday just uh with a little help from my uh i do want to say puppets were all me voices were all me but i had help with uh with uh recording and all of that from my son and my husband and we're we're gonna hopefully make um some new videos for you guys coming up so uh Traven, is bonnie with us yet i don't know if she is bring bonnie on in and we will start asking her some questions she is not there yet okay uh all right so uh i just wanted to take a second and i know it's not thursday but mindfulness moment, right? Um, sometimes stuff happens when you least expect it. So I could use a mindfulness moment. Could all of you, let's all take and put our feet flat on the floor. Let's put our hands flat on the surface. It can be the table in front of us, or it can be our legs, right? It's someplace comfortable. It could be the arm of the chair. And in fact, I'm going to sit back a little bit in the chair, feet flat on the floor, not crossed, right? And we're going to take three slow breaths together right? Because there's nothing that three breaths won't help. So let's take and slowly exhale. Right? And then another breath in and slowly exhale. And another breath in and exhale. <laughs> look at look at Traven. He's got Mindful Mon Monday up already. Uh, okay, so you know, really important that we model this behavior of those three breaths. And by the way, we've had Vince Redman on the show recently who said, well, "Let's not do three. Let's do 10. And then if three makes a difference, ten makes that much more. And we can start to do this with our kiddos. And it doesn't matter what age, like it's really never too young. Even if you have a very small baby, there are people who take mindfulness classes and they put the baby back on their belly. I mean, days old baby. And they do the breathing exercise with the baby on their belly. It's never too early to start. And if you have a child who is an adult, it's not too late to start doing this kind of thing with them either. That we can just sit quietly with them 
And if they need to have some sort of a fidget to hold to be able to sit quietly, we can do that, but doing the breath with them. And sometimes for some of our kids, that doesn't mean prompting them. That means us doing it and saying, I'm just gonna do my breathing exercise. And they see us doing it and maybe they don't do it as fully as we do, but they will over time. So um, if you have a child who's upset, we've seen studies recently that if you put your hand on them and say, I'm gonna do my breathing right now. So, and then you do your breathing that that helps to calm and regulate them. There's a, there's a fascinating thing. Uh, it's the reason why our kids love to co-sleep, right? Because if you're laying next to them and you start to go to sleep, they mimic your breath because that closeness, they mimic your breath. And when someone breathes the way someone is breathing when they go to sleep, they go to sleep. That's why you fall asleep sometimes before, before your kiddos and why your kids don't fall asleep until you fall asleep in the bed next to them because we mimic the breath. So model the behavior, breathe with your kids. Okay, Bonnie is here. So let's welcome her to the show. Miss Bonnie, are you there? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Yes. Uh, so excited that you are with us this morning. And we had some questions that came in that we're going to address in just a minute. I saw that. They came a little bit late, so I'm glad that you did see them. Love the hat, by the way. Thank you. Uh, and Bonnie, let's have you do a little bit of a disclaimer first. Tell us about the Toner Law Offices and um, and what you're going to talk about here. Someday, I will actually have it together enough <laughs> to, to be able to tell you what, what this card says. Okay. Uh, Homer Law Offices is an eight attorney special education law firm with offices in San Jose, El Segundo, and Anaheim. Um, we, uh, off to a slow start here. The website is www.specialeducationcouncil.com. And if you live in Northern or Southern California and you go to the website, you can fill in our intake form and we'll schedule you for a consult. Um, so that's a good way to get started. If you wanna reach me here in Southern California, my phone number is 310-245-168. Um, when we answer questions on the air and we love your questions, we just want you to know that we're only allowed to give genders because we don't have a complete factual background. Um, and so we wanna make sure that you learn about your legal rights, but this isn't really a substitute for a consultation with an attorney that's licensed to practice in your state. We refer you to COPA, COPAA.net for an attorney directory if you're outside of California. Um, so I think those are the main things we have to tell you um, and the questions are great. And I just wondered, I just, I, there's so much material coming out now about this all means, right? That I sent you all a position paper just earlier this morning about what several disability rights groups are recommending uh, should be the outcome of sort of this this um, cessation in ordinary educational services or interruption and, and, and what some of the remedies are. There are also some questions we didn't, or some things I wanted to tell you 
last week that we didn't get to in terms of how assessments are being handled, how student records are being handled, um, and so on. And I can, um, I think what we can just have you do, Shannon, is you can take the TLO FAQ sent you um, probably about 10 days ago, or I can read them and you can put those up for everybody so they can look at, we can answer their questions, but I want to make sure they're getting this stuff. Um, okay, you've sent me a couple things. So you're going to have to describe for me what the CLO is so I can locate which thing CLO, that was. TLO, Toner Law Offices, frequently asked questions. Okay. Uh, I can send that again. It's very easy to send if you don't have it handy. And I don't have it handy. If you want to resend it, I can immediately, while you're answering a question, I can get that up on Facebook. Okay, so let's do that. Um, and then today I sent you this position paper that I want everybody to see. Okay. Just very quickly, it's, it's coming from all the right people. Alliance for Children's Rights, the ACLU Children's Defense Fund, uh, Center for Juvenile Law and Policy, Children's Law Center, Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund, et cetera. And it's dealing with these issues of um, distance learning, um, in, intermediate solutions to support children with disabilities during the stay at home order and distance learning. Um, Okay, I just checked my inbox, Bonnie, and I don't have anything from you this morning. Okay, well, we'll deal with all that in a second. Okay, it might be in my spam filter, which is pretty I'll, healthy. I'll, don't worry, don't worry about it. I'm just telling you okay. what the highlights are so they can get this afterwards. Okay. You, you may want to have an IE meeting now to address this. The, you know, everybody's sort of been thinking about this as a, as a temporary thing, but as the timelines have stretched out, um, it's looking not so temporary. And so one of the things this position paper is suggesting is maybe you need to have a Zoom IEP to discuss how your child's program is being implemented in the here and now. We've got another two months of school plus ESY. And so I, I thought that was a good idea. They're also talking about uh, if you do that to make sure that the state put would be the IEP that you had before the, the school closure started. Um, shortening uh, special education assessment timelines for kids who need assistive technology, since kids who cannot do distance learning at home must need assistive technology. Uh, and then um, uh, uh, a theory about how to address compensatory education and how much comp ed people should get um, for the missed educational time that they're experiencing now. So. We'll make sure you have both of those things. I don't, do you want me to okay. send it now or? No, 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 Let's, I'll make sure that we put it in the comments uh, for this after the show. Yeah, I, um, I highly recommend that you all read these things because they're, what, what, is, what has been done is people that are uh, familiar with the questions have taken a huge amount of information and distilled it down into something under five pages that's gonna help you all a lot more to feel like you have some ground rules that you can operate with so that when people tell you we're not doing that, you can say, well, actually you're supposed to be. So, so anyway, let's, let's go to the questions. Okay. 
Uh, and did we already say, I don't recall whether we said that, you know, you're giving um, information. Okay. Said it all. all right. Okay. You, so, and I uh, both, you and I both have the same problem, which is called <laughs> not enough caffeine. <laughs> you know, I can't do any caffeine at all. I, I have a horrible allergy to caffeine. So sorry, you're right. I'm caffeine depleted. I can't even do chocolate because there's caffeine in it. It's so, you know, me, honey. <laughs> well, can you imagine I would be the 700 pound woman if I could eat chocolate? So there we go. Oh, there are some blessings. Okay, okay. So the first, I have, I have the questions. Can you believe that? I actually have them. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to read the first one. You ready? Yeah. I heard the state of California put out a directive the other day that says classroom aides are considered necessary workers. Why is LA Unified still saying they can't send aides to my home? Okay, well, LAUSD has been telling me a lot of things, and LAUSD, so different people have been telling me different things. I think I talked last week about the difficulty in getting IEPs scheduled, and they seem to be treating people who assessments in conjunction with that IEP as being on stall mode, and people that didn't need assessments, they're scheduling the meetings. Um, I put my pretty little foot down, and I stamped it a bunch. And then I got somebody in due process to tell me that today, the 13th was considered some significant day because they were returning after spring break. I don't know that that means physically returning, but that means returning to work. And she promised she'd get me an IEP by Wednesday. Well, that isn't an answer to your question at all, except for to tell you that it's kind of a wild country out there. And um, the reason they're not sending aids uh, into the home, I think that was what the question was asking, uh, is even if the law says they're essential workers, the district's apparently concerned about liability and the teacher's union is probably backing them up. So that's gonna be a tough one to, to get around. Well, and further down the list though, we have somebody who asks another question that is sort of related saying that they won't send an aid. And of course I'm gonna bring it up here, um, saying that they won't send the aid, hang on one second. Sure. Yes, if I can get the thing to work. Uh, my son's school is saying that they uh, is saying that they would send his aide to our home, but the aide doesn't want to come. She has small children. They are saying that they will send another aide, but this person won't know my child, and I don't know them. It all feels wrong. I want our card aides to be his one-to-one aides for the classroom uh, for the classwork at home. How can I get that? If if the school does not want to take on the liability of somebody coming or they don't have someone to come, but you have an ABA provider, could the case be made that, you know, we should let them come? Well, I'm not too optimistic about the likelihood of that succeeding in the present climate. And frankly, if the district, the district can't force this person to work if she has an underlying health condition that would make her concerned about working in somebody else's home right now, I think we just have to respect that. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the doctors are getting really pounded and they're going to work and they're telling us like, I'm terrified and yeah. I'm getting sick. And so I, I, I understand how desperate the need is for services for our child. I would suggest, unfortunately, in this situation, 
the best thing you do is get that person, the, the LAUSD person in the home. And if CARD is able to come in the home too, maybe they could come in and do some training of the aid. I just don't think you're gonna be successful um, Right getting now. it switched to a card person. Yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't, I, here's, here's why I say that it, you can try it. You can see if insurance will allow it. Um, the district isn't going to do it because the, the district will then say, well, then when this is over, we'll be in a situation where um, the, the parents are going to contend that the card aid was um, better and aren't going to want to switch back. So I'm not saying don't try it. I just don't think it's going to be very easy to get it done. Okay. An uphill climb then at the very yeah. least. Okay. Next question. Oh, if I did. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Next question. If I decide to homeschool my child first grader with ASD ADHD during the COVID emergency, do I have to tell the school and do I lose anything when it's time to go back? I won't subject my child to the distance learning they are attempting. And I'm hearing this all across the board, Bonnie, people saying, you know, the, the stuff they're doing is crap and I'm done. I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to call the IEP and I just do what I want to do at home. And how will that hurt me? And do I need to tell them what do we have to disclose? Okay. Well, um, I went to my resident expert, my 17 year old nephew, and I asked him how the distance learning was working for him. And he's in a, he's in a good non-public school. And he said it was a complete waste of his time. And all the other kids thought it was a complete waste of their time. So I, under the best of circumstances, online learning is a difficult medium for me to use. I, I tend to kind of not um, have a very easy time staying focused on it. The guidance, I mean, we don't know how student is but the guidance generally is saying that you know what you don't do can't be counted against you so I don't think there's any I don't think they're going to be organized enough to come and check in with you and see if you're doing their their distance learning program and I don't think you're under any compulsion to do so if that happens and you need to know what to do about it I'll deal with it with you then but I, I just don't think they're going to be focused on that at all so your second question was, um, so the first question is, will it work again if I don't do this? And the answer to that is no, not if you're doing something valuable instead. I also went into my email this morning and I couldn't find it, but I'm gonna send it because I'm gonna have her resend it. Dr. Simon put together something pretty cool called how you can essentially do your own informal assessment at home and figure out whether your student really is where they claim he is based on IEPs and grades and things like that. So as part of your homeschool curriculum, you might want to sort of a baseline check-in to see if he even is where they say he is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, of course, that makes tremendous sense and it empowers the parent. And you're, of course, you're referring to Dr. Ann Simon? Correct. Okay. So, um, oh, great. So if a parent is deciding then uh, that you've had it with the distance learning and it isn't working, go ahead and do what you need to do. Document it. Yes, please. And, 
and make sure that it's something of value. And if, and if it's useful, we'll, uh, we'll later on in the day, we'll get all these things, these resources that Bonnie is saying, we'll put it in the comments on the Facebook page. And so if there's can... something that you want for him or her, when you respond and say the distance learning isn't working, I'd request an IEP meeting. Okay. And maybe right. by the time you have that meeting, there'll be the ability to request more things that are of value to you. People are, some people, some people are starting to come back and say, you know, I'm willing to go into the home. That's a very individual thing on both ends. You know, some people yeah. want it. Some people say, no way. Um, we, we know, you know, aside from the AT issue that I mentioned earlier, um, we know that for some children with autism, it requires really being, you know, in their visual field in real time and space to get their attention at all already. And it's hard. So, you know, asking yeah. a child to sit in front of a, a, a computer is going to be tough. So check yeah. in with us, let us know how it goes. But I think you're, I think you're in the clear. There we go. Uh, I'm hearing other people say they are getting speech and OT for their kids online. Mm -hmm. My school is making no attempt to do this. Isn't this a clear violation of FAPE? So we've got both sides, people who are like getting something online and saying it's just, you know, not the thing that they want. The phrase I was going to say is a turd in a punch bowl. And then we have other people that the school is not even making an attempt. Like, you know, can you uh, tell us what school you're in? And this question came in last night. So I don't know if they're watching live, Bonnie. I mean, basically the districts are given a lot of latitude and they're supposed to try to give you your related services in some fashion, but they also have a lot of um, flexibility. So I don't know, I don't know what district you're in. You can certainly ask them to give you prior written notice as to why they can't offer the services. And then I think we'd have to go from there. There you um, go. I, I do, I do hear you. Go ahead, Bonnie. Certain districts in the South Bay are offering those things, but like Torrance told a parent that because of their understanding with the, or their uh, subject to a policy through the Los Angeles County Office of Education, they're not doing that stuff. So there's a bunch of arguments that can be made about how that's discriminatory and unfair, but they're really, you know, they're gonna turn on your specific facts. So it's hard to answer in a general way on the air without knowing more. Okay. And I'm hearing you say, though, that whatever we do during this time, it's beneficial to journal and keep track of what we're doing. And, and I've learned over the years that when you're journaling, it's not just the facts uh, that, you know, you should also be writing in there about anecdotal things like how you are feeling about this, how your child is feeling about it, what you're noticing about your child, because all of that becomes sometimes when you need it relevant later on. I want to say to Johan- It is going to be relevant. We don't know how the comp ed is going to be calculated, but interestingly, the position paper that I'm going to send you says for every missed hour, children should be entitled to two hours. Do I think that, sh that that's likely of occurring? No. Do I think you have to start out there if you're bargaining? Yes. Um, is it important to document what went on? Even if the rules are, are relaxed, the federal government hasn't said you get to you know, completely shut down and not meet your responsibilities under the IDEA. So after the fact, when you get into the discussion about what about for next year, 
seems to me the questions are going to include what comp ed is owed and what did we learn during the period of time where there was school closure that informs the, the development of the IEP that's going to be implemented next fall. Okay, so journaling about all of that different stuff. And I want to say, Johanny has written in and said, where do we find that evaluation? So there was a lot of different resources that Bonnie just talked about. And by the end of today, we're going to get those put in the comments on Facebook, on, on exactly. this show. So uh, be looking out for those because I know a lot of people are going to be interested in having that thing that you were talking about from Dr. Ann Simon about doing your own evaluation of how you, where your kid is at right now. Bonnie, unfortunately, that was our time because I do have another okay. guest and I, I, I feel bad. Um, but uh, thank you so much for all of the, and we've got more questions and we'll get to that. We'll bank those for next week. Um, but um, tell us again where we find Tolner Law Offices. I have to pull the card out again. Tolner Law, <laughs> Tolner Law I'm so bad. Oh, uh, you're fabulous. www.specialeducationcouncil.com 310. Two four five one nine six eight. Um, thanks for all the questions, you guys. And if you want to give us more information rather than less, and you want to tell me like what your school district is, but you don't want me to say okay. that on the air, that's totally an option. It just helps me if I have a context. There we go. Don't all behave the same. All right. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Thank Love you. the hat. Keep okay. rocking it. All, all right. right. Bye bye. Uh, thank you. And I know some of you have already started writing in questions for our next guest, uh, who is uh, going to be joining us momentarily. Kara Kaczynski is the pocket OT, and she is amazing and a wonderful resource and an amazing mom. And we're so thrilled if she is joining us, Traven, go ahead and pop her in here. Because uh, I see that we have a question that has already come in about what should we do for visual stimulus stimming or self-stimulatory behavior. Um, I'm guessing, do we do we have Bonnie? Or no, 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 not Bonnie, do we have Kara? Okay, she's not there yet. She might be having issues connecting, which would be a ginormous bummer. Uh, but let's uh, let's see if she's joining us. So uh, I, wanted, I wanna talk just a little bit about Kara and um, what she does and what I have seen her do and how amazing she is. And I want to encourage everybody to go to thepocketot.com where you can find all the resources that Kara puts out. And there are tons. Uh, she has written several books and um, she's an amazing resource for our autism community. And she's written books on several different subjects, things that you can just do at home with your kiddo. I call her original book, The Pocket OT, which she has to tell us what the new name of that is. Because I think it's uh, it's like uh, no longer in its first printing. I think it might be in its third or fourth printing. And they renamed it um, so that it's something other than The Pocket OT. But it's a, it's a small book. And I call it a bathroom book because you put it on the back of your toilet. And anytime you're in the bathroom for more than a second, I know it's indelicate conversation. But let's face it, sometimes you're in there for a minute and it's a minute that you could be using. Right, So you pick up your pocket OT book and you just read one page and it tells you something awesome that you can be doing with your kiddos today. So um, really encourage you, but she's written so many other books and that you can find them all on the pocket OT. And um, she also has CDs that she just does not promote uh, because she's too busy doing other things. But I love these CDs, uh, these sensory CDs that she has. For those of you who have kids that are sound sensitive, 
Um, she's got these great CDs that have ways to desensitize kids to certain sounds. So um, absolutely amazing. Yeah, Kara is a wonderful, wonderful resource. But for some reason we don't have her and I don't know what's happening. I don't know whether it's a math thing and uh, and I don't have Kara's phone number to call her. So we're gonna uh, keep on keeping on talking about her. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I'm, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go ahead and start talking a little bit from uh, our perspective um, for the question that we had about what should we do for visual stimming or self-stimulatory behavior. So um, there are, there are many things that we all do. Um, I always have a hard time with the term self-stimulatory behavior. You know, we all use the term stim, um, which comes from self-stimulatory behavior. But I, the, the reason why I'm a little bit always hesitant to use that term is that I remember when my kid was little and somebody explained this term to me and I said, but I don't think he's doing that to stimulate himself. I think he's doing that to calm himself down. And they said, oh, well, you know, their actual term is automatic reinforcing behavior. So, or automatically reinforcing behavior. So, um, but we do refer to it as self-stimulatory behavior, just if we're all clear that sometimes it's to stimulate, other times it's to calm down, right? Um, but we all engage in these behaviors. We all engage in behaviors that help regulate our state that only um, it, it is for us. It's not for anybody else's benefit. And I always use the example of the executive that clicks the pen um, because that's, that's not to help anybody else. It's not to upset anybody else. It's to regulate their state. So it's a stimulatory, a self-stimulatory or automatically reinforcing behavior. How about, you know, when somebody taps their toe to music? That is a, a totally internal process. It's not for the benefit of communicating or causing something to start or stop. It's on the inside. It's pleasurable to us. That's an automatically reinforcing behavior. So I just want to be clear that it's important that we don't take the tack of, of saying, oh, we have to stop that behavior. Um, that always scares me when we're talking about people who are sensory. I'm a very sensory person. And if you take away my sensory things, heaven help you and heaven help me, right? Um, so we never want to be in a position of saying, let's stop that. But we, we do want to look at it and go, is this preventing this individual from doing other things? So, you know, my friends who hand flap, you know, I get it that some people are like, well, we have to stop that behavior. Um, because it's causing them to not have friends. And we have to stop that behavior because it looks odd. Well, I don't subscribe to that at all. <laughs> like, if it looks odd to you, then the problem is with you, right? Um, and um, if, if this is making it hard to have friends, I want to at least spend 50% of the time working on why can't people be friends with somebody who does this. So I just want to be clear about that. However, if this is what I have to do in order to move through my life, I'm going to be limited. I might be a brilliant writer. I might be the next poet, but no one will know it if I have to do this to make myself feel okay enough to be on the planet, right? So for that, for, you know, I want to make sure, let's take Temple Grandin as a, an example. Temple needs some pressure from time to time to feel okay in the world. And so she invented a cow squisher for herself so she could get that sensory need, right? So that she could regulate herself so that she could go and design some of the most incredible buildings. Uh, yes, they're slaughterhouses, but made it much easier for cows um, 
you know, so that they weren't panicking as they were going in the shoots. You know, she has been of huge service to our community, but if, if she had to be at home constantly in her cow squisher uh, or squeezing herself, she would not have been able to lead her best life and come to some of the things that are deeply, deeply joyful to her. So, you know, we need to figure out what does, what does this create? How does this help the person regulate and find other ways that help them regulate too um, so that they can be able to do all the things that they want to do so that this becomes a choice that they use some of the time to help themselves, but they have other things that are very functional that help them, that don't prevent them be, um, from becoming the world's next great poet. Um, okay. And so uh, Traven, <laughs> the email uh, I'm going to text it to you right now so we can get a hold of Kara because I think she probably has done the, the math wrong. Um, pardon me, you guys. Um, I think it's just the email that is on her website, by the way. Um, but here it is, Traven. I'm texting it to you. Okay. So how do we work on finding out what the function of the self-stimulatory behavior is? So um, it's different for everybody and we can't just assume. So a person who does this, they might be doing this because the motion of their hands is that visual stim thing. If everybody just do this with me for a minute. And I don't know about you, but I see colors. I see rainbow colors out the side of my eyes. Do you? This is very calming, right? And it's kind of cool. And if I don't have something that's engaging me, why wouldn't I do this, right? For other people, it is the way of saying, I'm really happy. And they stim and they do this or they go like this. And that is their way of, uh, it's like a giggle. It's, it's a way of going, this, I, this makes me happy. And it's an expression of who they are. For other people, maybe it's, it's just, you know, it like, you know, it's the, the motion of the hands. You know, sometimes we shake things off. Um, that it's like shaking off the negative stuff. So we can't assume it's not one size fits all. You really need to be working with, um, I'm reading your notes. You really need to be working with um, someone, a really good OT um, who understands these kinds of issues or a BCBA, a board certified behavior analyst who really understands behavior and is a little bit creative, right? What's ideal is when you get a really good OT working with a really good creative BCBA and then, you know, it's really kind of amazing. Okay, so um, there is not the in the URL for the Pocket OT. Um, it's just pocketot.com. Thank you so much for telling us that. Uh, do you have to be a certain age to be able to desense with certain sounds? An older child, can they be e -sensed, uh, desensitized to noise? Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, the truth of the matter is, is that um, we are, think about how desensitized we have all become to all kinds of things uh, in this COVID um, emergency. The, all right, here's my perfect example of desensitization. Every day, the sun sets at a slightly different time, right? It's about you know, like 45 seconds earlier or later every day, depending on which time of the year that we're in. 
Okay, and how much do you notice that? Does it affect you? Does it throw you off? Does it like upset your apple cart and, and ruin your whole week and your whole day and make you feel tired or off? The truth is for most of us, it doesn't because it's 45 seconds difference every day, right? But what happens when it's daylight savings time and all of a sudden it jumps by an hour and how thrown off are all of us? It's because that, that 45 second thing, we're desensitized to it. It happens all the time. We, we're just used to it and it's just in small increments, right? But when we jump an hour, we are all, it's, it's like the world has come to an end for a week until we can get ourselves back regulated, right? So imagine if instead of going, uh, we, right now we're doing 45 seconds and we all manage. Well, where's the point where it starts to upset us? What if we changed it by a minute every day? And we just forgot daylight savings time, but we changed uh, how we don't have control over the sun, but what if we could? And um, so every day our clocks were a minute different or however we decided to do it, would we still be upset? There's a point at which we would not be okay with it, where it would throw us off. For sure, for most of us, it's an hour, right? We're, we're like, oh, yeah. This is like, you know, it's, a, it's all it is, is the light is coming at a different time of the day. And we act like, you know, people get into car accidents because they're thrown off by it. So, um, but where is the tipping point? Is it at five minutes? If we changed it at five minutes every day, would some people notice? Would everybody notice? If we changed it at 10 minutes, like, would it be constant? At some point we would adjust to it. We absolutely would. And we all would adjust to it. We just would adjust at different speeds and we would be bothered by it uh, at different times. Right now I've got um, fluorescent lights in my face and they, I've, I've turned it up too much today. And uh, cause it was really dark in here for some reason and um, they're vibrating and it's turned up high enough that I can see the vibration, but most days I can't, right? Our kids that are on the autism spectrum, they can see the vibration and they can hear the hum. In fact, I'm gonna turn the light down a little bit because it's bugging the crap out of me. Uh, there we go. Uh, okay, and you can still see me a little bit. So um, the point is we all are capable of being desensitized to all kinds of things, sounds included. And for our kiddos that have lots and lots of um, issues and that we're going to have to reschedule with Kara, poor Kara, I don't know what has gone on, but we're going to have to reschedule with her, just saying that to you guys. And she's fabulous, but go to pocketot.com and thank you to the viewer who wrote it and said it's not the. Um, but you can desensitize folks to sounds. Um, the trick is going very slowly. So for instance, you know, if you have a kiddo, have you, have you ever been to a school concert and, you know, there's there, some of the kiddos are just totally, totally fine, right? Even though you're in an echoey space, right? And some kids are not okay from minute one because it's just the sound is bouncing all off, all, all over the place. And then there's always that moment when uh, the terrible school microphone, when there's that squeal and you can see, because some people are okay. Some people are just like, oh, that's annoying. But other people are incapacitated, covering their ears. And I have seen kids drop to the ground because it is so uh, incapacitating. But if we were to, um, if, if we were to say that, oh, this is something that's going to happen all the time, which who would ever want to live that way? We really could desensitize the person to that. I think it's far more 
exciting when we can desensitize our kiddos to things that are reasonably going to happen on a regular basis. If you live, as I do, near a hospital, we hear sirens on a regular basis. And um, even my dog has become desensitized to hearing sirens now. It used to be that she would lose her mind every time the siren went off. And now, you know, it depends on how close they are, but most of the time she doesn't react, right? Um, so we, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing and a not wonderful thing that we all adapt. We do. Um, and uh, if we go slowly, it's a very kind way of adapting someone, not throwing them. There are a couple of different things in cognitive behavioral therapy, and one is that systematic desensitization, and the other thing is called flooding. I'm not a big fan of the flooding thing, especially for our kiddos on the spectrum. This is where you, you know, you would put sirens on and put them on so much of the time and so loud that eventually the kid, after being traumatized, would get used to it. I'm not a big fan of that for our kids. I'm not a big fan for any of us really. I, I know that medically there are times when you, for emergency sake, you need to flood someone, but I want to encourage all of us not to do that unless it's absolutely an emergency and uh, we are working with a licensed professional. Otherwise, um, let's not, let's not do that. Uh, okay. So I love that you guys are already on the pocket OT and saying, yep, it's cool. Um, I love this way of thinking about everyday things like the sunset, such a clear, thoughtful reflection. I have to tell you that one of my biggest issues, um, you know, I think because I myself am a sensory person and I myself have um, anxiety issues, I think it's particularly poignant to me. And I can remember, first of all, I remember when my sister's kids were little and I remember how everyone had something to say about when my nieces and nephews had their pacifiers taken away and when they had their bottles taken away. And I remember thinking, I was just like 19 years old when she, my sister had three kids fairly all together. And um, so they were, you know, born within 11 months of each other because one, there was twins, right? Uh, so, I, so I was very young and I was watching all these people have an opinion about my sister's kids. And I just kept thinking, what does this matter to you? Why is this your problem? And everybody had this emotional reaction to taking away things that were very comforting to these three kids. And, and that has stayed with me <laughs> throughout my life and watching how people decide, well, this behavior and that behavior is okay or is not okay. And I, I really want us all to think about those automatically reinforcing behaviors as a necessity. They're an absolute necessity and they're a part of all of our lives. Start with yourself. Ask yourself, what are the things that you do to regulate yourself? And imagine if we were to take all of that away from you right now and say, nope, sorry, you're going to have to go. Now, some of us are going through this right now. I, I have two people that I love in my life who love to go to the movies. It is the way they keep everything sane in their lives. It is their break. They go, they love to sit. It's not the same watching it on a TV. They sit in the dark movie theater, they get taken to an experience, and it is their way of regulating their daily life. And guess what? With COVID-19, this is not an option, right? So they're having to find other ways to fulfill that need for themselves, and it's not easy. 
Now that's just one example of two people that I know that there's a, but what are, what have you lost in this COVID-19 that helps you to cope? How are you regulating yourself? Um, so I think that a lot of us in this emergency have really come to understand how much we need the things that we need. And maybe it can make us all a little bit more sensitive to what it's like for folks that are on the autism spectrum and not be so cavalier about just taking these behaviors and saying they have to go. We need to look at what the function of these behaviors are and we never wanna even start to work on an intervention about uh, one of these automatic reinforcing or as we call them self-stimulatory behaviors until we have a replacement behavior that actually fulfills the, the same exact need as the other. And that's a real, um, <laughs> you know, I get, I get really militant. I get the soapbox out and I'm like, hey, um, because otherwise we're creating problems, right? Um, I, as a mom, I, you know, I would never want to take away what keeps my son comfortable and happy. Um, just not participating in that, right? Although I don't want to hold him back from the things that he wants to do in his life. And I have seen when the stuff that he was doing prevented him from getting to the stuff that he wanted to do. And that's a tough place to be in, right? Um, but we were able to work with him so that that no longer, you know, these things could cross over and they didn't have to butt heads anymore. And I really love that kind of intervention um, and again, that can come with a really good OT like the pocket OT and with a really good BCBA. Uh, and I'm just going to say we got the best help from the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. All right. We are out of time. It's time for us to log off. This has been a little bit of a bumpy show. So thanks, you guys, for strapping in and going with us. I want to tease out a little bit what we're going to be doing this week. We're going we're gonna to catch up with Kara Kaczynski and we're going to make sure that we have her on the show another day. But... Um, Tomorrow on the show, we have Coach E, Elaine Hall from the Miracle Project. Uh, she was the, the brilliant uh, genius behind Autism the Musical. And I don't know if you know this, but in just two weeks on HBO, Autism the Musical, the sequel is coming out. So that's going to be tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we have Dr. Doreen Grampiche. On Thursday, we have Carrie Magro, who uh, messaged me while we were doing this show that I have misspelled his name on the postcard. I will fix that immediately, Carrie. But Carrie is an amazing autism advocate. He it was diagnosed as a young uh, young man and is now an international speaker. And forgive me, it's Dr. Carrie Magro now because uh, he recently um, finished his doctoral work. So he'll be here on Thursday. And then on Friday for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, Nancy and I are welcoming a really good friend, Vena Tierro. She's a documentary filmmaker and she, her first, first film was My Tierra Boy. She's the mom of two, two young men on the autism spectrum. And she's got a new movie coming out that's called Believing in Miracles in Spite of Autism. A kind of controversial title and we'll talk with her about that and what she's been discovering on her journey through autism. So all of this, thank you, Trisha. I'm, I'm looking and thank you for watching the show and thank you. For all of you um, that you that have been with us, um, keep your questions coming. We are going to be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>